Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. This morning comes from Ephesians chapter 5. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
Please rise. Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work while the works of him who sent me while it is day. day uh, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. And he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. And so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he, how did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, and you would, not you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they answered, you were born in utter sin, and you would teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. This is the gospel of the Lord.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message today comes from the Gospel reading from the Gospel of John. Let's pray. Gracious God, you call us from death and despair to faith and faithfulness. You assure us of our resurrection and our life in Christ. And as we open your word, enlighten our hearts that we may rejoice in the power and blessing of your presence in and among us. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. Sort of in the middle of the, the gospel reading, we heard this. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And they asked, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? It's our text. There's the story of the great Sherlock Holmes, that great detective uh, who had solved many mysteries, and Dr. Watson, uh, his companion, about going on a camping trip. Uh, after a good meal and a bottle of wine, they lay down for the night to go to sleep, and some hours later, Holmes uh, uh, oh, 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 came, uh, came awake, and he nudged his faithful friend, and he said, Watson, look up and tell me what you see. And Watson said, well, I see millions and millions of stars. And Holmes said, well, Watson, what does that tell you? Well, Watson pondered it for a moment, and he came up with a number of things. He said, well, astro astronomically, it tells me there are millions of gal galaxies, potentially billions of planets. Uh, astrologically, I'm observing that Saturn is in the Leo constellation. Horologically, I deduce the time is around uh, a quarter past three. Theologically, I can look at this and see God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I'm, I'm thinking that it's, it's going to be a beautiful day today. And he says, why? What does it tell you? And Holmes looked at him and said, Watson, someone has stolen our tent. <laughs> totally missed the point, didn't he? It's both annoying and funny when we miss the obvious, isn't it? Uh, how many times have you looked for something and you search high and low and the longer you search, the more annoyed you get and you know it's somewhere, but you, you just can't find it. Then suddenly you turn around and there it is. It's right in front of you. You looked everywhere and you've missed the most obvious place. At that point, we probably don't see the humor in it, but other people do. Some authors and movie makers uh, make... Uh, 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 movie makers uh, produce stories that deliberately lead us to miss the point, right? Case in point, movie a number of years ago, The Sixth Sense is a good one. Uh, perhaps you remember, the boy keeps saying throughout the film that he, see, he can see dead people, and we're led to uh, a surprise twist ending, and the author deliberately leads us down that path that we had not expected to go. And so it's so cleverly done that we deliberately miss the point. We tend to miss the point all the time. In the gospel reading, we read about a whole lot of people, people who miss the point. Jesus mixes some dirt with some spit and smears it on the eyes of a man uh, that was born blind, and he goes to tell him, and 
uh, to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He goes off, washes, and he comes back seen. Others can't believe that it's the same guy. Uh, the man that they knew was blind. In fact, he had been born blind and had never seen light or color. Uh, there, there is no doubt that this man was as blind as anyone could be. But now the man can see. The once blind man explains what happened in the sort of the simplest terms, right? I was blind. Jesus made some mud. He put it on my eyes. I washed it off. I could see. That's the truth. What's so difficult about that? That Jesus has made me to see. Even the blind man now healed says, no one has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. But the uh, authorities, they just really aren't convinced. They're blind to this man's clear witness about Jesus. The Pharisees, they only see the blind man as a sinner. That's why he was blind in the first place, they said. And so they throw him out of the temple and they see uh, Jesus as an even bigger sinner. As always in the Gospel of John, there, there's a, uh, something deeper uh, in the miracle accounts for us to delve into, isn't there? The healed man is not only given physical eyesight, but also spiritual eyesight, right? Not only has eyes seen light for the first time, but he could also see the light of the world. Not only has his eyes been opened so he could see color and, and people and trees and flowers, but his eyes have been opened to see Jesus as his Lord. For the once blind man, everything was crystal clear, right? No missing the point. Jesus had truly opened his eyes. When Jesus asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And once Jesus told him who he was, the man fell at his feet and confessed, I believe, Lord. But the Jewish authorities just didn't get it. They completely missed the point. They didn't believe that this man had been given sight. Uh, it was impossible, some kind of trick. Uh, and besides, how can someone like Jesus, who had such little regard for the Sabbath, perform a miracle like this? These learned and pious people all claim to know all there is to know about God. They believed that they were enlightened, but in actual fact, they were blind, weren't they? They did not see the light. They did not see the light of the world, Jesus Christ, God's only son. And so as I was looking at this, it got me wondering, I wonder how often do we miss the point? Do we ever in some sense share the same kind of blindness as the Jewish authorities did? What are some ways that we can miss the point? All of us have our own individual blind spots, uh, and so it's just a beginning, isn't it? I mean, we all know the Bible, we know especially the accounts of Jesus' death and resurrection, we know the parables, we know the miracles, we, we have the, the sayings of Jesus as well as the letters of the New Testament. But it's still possible to be blind to what all that means. We remain blind so long as we fail to realize the more personal nature of what Jesus has done. I mean, Jesus did all of that for you and me as individuals as a part of the community of believers. We can feel comfortable in our Bible knowledge, uh, our worship, our hymns, our prayers, but unless we really know that, that Jesus has done this for me, that Jesus died for my sins, that his resurrection means that he is my living Lord right now, today, and throughout my life. Because if not, we remain blind, don't we, to what the gospel is really saying to us.
whom we trust and rely on Jesus as our friend, our savior, to help us in times of sin, to support us in times of trouble, to give us hope when everything seems hopeless, then our eyes are really open, aren't they? To see Jesus, who is our light on the journey through life. It's not too hard to miss the point of what it means to be born from above or born again in an everyday sense, but it involves getting rid of sinful, selfish desires, repenting of those things that stand between us and God. In this way, this new nature that God has given us is renewed each and every day. The trouble is that we enjoy some of our personal sins a little bit too much, don't we? I mean, we honestly believe that, well, it's just not gonna hurt too much, it won't do much harm. A little gossip here, right? A, a little backstabbing there. Uh, maybe a little bit of selfishness and greed, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of pornography or sexual freedom, or uh, maybe a little bit of rudeness or uh, impatience. You know, in the big scheme of things, none of these are really gonna set the earth off course. But that's not the point. If we think this, we really miss the point. These things belong to our old sinful nature. This is the nature that God calls us to put off every day and put on the things that come from God, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, it's really easy to miss the point of what it means to belong to Jesus. It's easy to miss the point of what it means to be joined together with Jesus. It's not too hard to be blinded by the dazzling ways of the world and Satan. It's easy to forget who we are, isn't it? It's easy to forget that we've been created by God and bought with the blood of Jesus. It's easy to forget that we've been adopted as God's chosen children. It's easy to forget our role as God's representatives here, right? In our family, in our community, in our world. We are called to stand out, to stand out in the way that we show love and concern for others. We're called to promote justice and peace, yes. To set an example of what it means to live according to God's way. We're called to be a disciple. And that means a disciplined life of prayer, of studying the word, of, of worship with our fellow Christians, and standing out in the crowd, even though it may be difficult to do so, especially when it means standing up and confessing that Jesus Christ in our lives does make a difference. It's so easy to miss the point about what it means to be a Christian. You know, some of the paintings on the walls of the catacombs of Rome, they portray Jesus healing the man born blind as a, as a symbol of holy baptism. Uh, one of the writings at that time says, Happy is the sacrament of our water, in that by washing away the sins of our earthly blindness, we are set free unto eternal life. And so the early Christians looked at their baptism as leaving behind blindness and darkness and stepping into the glorious light of God. In other words, they realized that, by, that, 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 that they're becoming uh, God's children, uh, becoming Christians and continuing as followers of Christ was indeed a miracle as great, if not greater, than the healing of the physical blindness of the man in the gospel reading today. So the miracle of the man born blind presents us with a very real dilemma. In what ways how, and how often have we missed the point of what Christ means to us? How far are we prepared to let our faith take us? How blinded have we been to the grace that God has shown us 
And when have we failed to be gracious to those around us? You see, Lent is a good time. It's a good time to take stock of how we are affected by this blindness. It's a time to see just how blind we have been to Jesus and his call to discipleship. But it's also a good time to realize how often we have preferred to stay blind. Lent is a good time to open up our eyes, to renew our vision. Lent is a good time to fix our eyes again on the Savior who came so that we can be assured of his forgiveness, so that we can uh, be forgiven for such blindness, so that God can cleanse us for all the times when Jesus has come to us through his word and we've been so blind to see him calling us to action. May we who have been healed of our spiritual blindness join with a man who was healed in our reading today and confess, I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. 
And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.